Hey, hey, welcome, welcome! <laughs> it's Tina Constant here. Welcome to Waffle Free Storytelling. And you know I'm gonna say the jibber jabbers at the end, so let's just get on with it. This week's story is called The Cartographer, and it's about Cleo. Now, Cleo didn't become a cartographer by mistake. She found her way in this life by necessity. In fact, creating maps was in the end her only choice. It's not that she was born into a family of cartographers. Her father was a miner who died in a rockfall well before she was born. Her mother was a farmer who got trampled by horses when Cleo was only two, followed shortly after by her grandparents who both died unexpectedly and really quite suddenly. Cleo was, to all intents and purposes, born last. And as far as the people in her village were concerned, who had witnessed the child's family die one by one in quick succession, she was also born cursed. And with that decided, the moment Cleo could walk and talk, the village cast the young child into the world with nothing but the clothes on her back. The last words they said to her were these, Step foot in this village again, and it will be your end. Well, to make sure she never ended up back in that village, Cleo kept a record of every road she walked, every bridge she crossed, every village and town she came to, and every inn and stable and barn that she found shelter in. Life was hard. The world wasn't safe for a small and penniless child with no one to watch over her. As a result, though, Cleo grew smart and defensive and not a little mercenary. <laughs> On a cold, cold winter's night, just three years after she was banished from her home, she hid in a stable for the night. It was cold, but it was dry which was good enough. Standing at the kitchen door of the inn right next door to the stables, she listened to the guests. I am looking for the Kraken Valley. Anyone know the safest route to travel? Hmm, Cleo thought for a moment. She knew the way, of course she did. She had a map right to that valley, and she wondered how valuable the information would be to those travellers. I can tell you the way, she said. I will tell you in exchange for a copper coin. Ah, well, the travellers looked at this grubby and mucky, skinny, poverty's child, and they laughed, and they dismissed her. Now, Cleo was used to being laughed at, but she hated to be dismissed. She watched those travellers take directions from adults in the inn, and she drew another map. It was a dark map, a map full of twists and turns, and when the travellers weren't watching, she put that map in their bag. You won't dismiss me again, she said, with a hint of a smile on her lips. Despite the snow and the cold, Cleo decided to move on from that inn, she knew when she wasn't welcome, and she had a feeling that the guests she had sent on that wild goose chase into the mountains 
would come back annoyed at least and full of vengeance at most. <laughs> so long before dawn, Cleo set off on her road, mapping it as she went. As she travelled, she stayed at inns and farmhouses, in barns and whatever else she could find, always listening. After three days on the road, she started to hear stories about a travelling party in distress. Seemed they had taken the north road into the mountains instead of the east. Madness! Everyone agreed. What possessed them to do that? <laughs> the first time Cleo heard the story, she smiled. Oh, they were using her map. <laughs> the second time she heard of their troubles, she paused for a moment and she felt a twinge of guilt and worry in her gut. The third time she heard stories about a travel party who had disappeared in the mountains, she turned around and instead of travelling south, she took that road back north. She travelled day and night, taking every shortcut she had ever known. By dawn, the next morning, she finally saw the travellers capped around a fire deep in the snow, cliffs all around them, with three caves to choose from. Cleo knew those caves. She had mapped them all. All three led to certain death. The only way out was over the mountain, over the mountain. They had to go over, not through it, not into those caves. From the cliff, looking into the gorge the travellers had found themselves in, Cleo shouted and waved her arms, trying desperately to catch their attention. But they didn't see her. So Cleo ran. But before she could reach them, they had split up and had taken a cave each. Cleo was mortified. They would all die, every one of them, and it was her fault. She knew the twists and the turns, the traps and the dead ends in those caves. The only reason she had managed to escape was that she was small and thin and had nothing to lose. Don't move! she shouted into the mouths of the caves. Stay where you are. I will come and fetch you. Clea ran into one cave and found the man just before he walked into a web woven by a spider the size of a bear. The man was so terrified he hardly saw Cleo. She took his hand and led him out. Sitting him by the fire, she went into the next cave and she found the second man standing on the head of a snake with venom so powerful that the smallest of bites would have seen him dead in three seconds. Cleo killed the snake and led the man to safety. She ran into the third cave and she hunted and she called. She searched every corner she knew and found a hundred more she didn't know. And after half a day, she found the third man. He had fallen into one of the many underground lakes and he had drowned. And Cleo wept. She wept for the man. She wept for the map that she had drawn in an angry moment. She wept for what she had become. She wept for the life that she had taken as certainly as if she had stabbed a knife into his chest. With fear in her heart, she climbed out of the cave and told the travellers what had become of their companion. And she begged for forgiveness, but no matter what she said, the men insisted it wasn't her fault, and if it hadn't been for her, they would all be lost. 
That's when Cleo realized the men didn't recognize her. They didn't know it was her map that had led them here. They held her so close in their gratitude that Cleo didn't have the courage to tell them. She took their thanks. She took their joy and she shared their sadness and she led them out of the mountain and back to the inn. Welcomed into the warmth with open arms, Cleo was made a hero. The men told and retold the story of how she had saved them and almost died trying to save their friend. With all that going on, Cleo sat by the fire and she said nothing at all. The growing crowd saw it as humility and their love and admiration for her grew. The innkeeper handed her a bowl of hot, hot stew. You look in pain, Cleo. What is hurting your heart? And Cleo whispered, I killed that man, but no one understood. Everyone tried to tell her it wasn't her fault, that she had done everything she could, that he had died long before she could ever reach him. Cleo knew that all she had to say was that it was her map that they had followed, but she couldn't bring herself to do it. The love was too warm. The acceptance was too complete. After all the years alone on the road, she had found home. She had been seen. So keeping her secret buried in her heart, she drew other maps instead. She mapped the whole land, every road, every path and alley and valley she had walked, every inn and stable and barn she had slept in, every mountain pass she had travelled and every cave she had explored. Her maps were so detailed and so accurate and so precise that they became the only maps people used. And for the rest of her days, Cleo drew and redrew those maps. People trusted them so much that they travelled day and night, summer or winter, knowing with certainty that they would be led true. Now the only oddity on every map that she drew was a space that she labelled Swampland. And she warned people not to travel there if they valued their lives. And trusting Cleo as they did, no one ever ventured into that one place. As a result, the people in the village where Cleo was born were forever isolated and forever alone. The world moved on without them. The world changed. It evolved. And they stayed superstitious and afraid, always wondering what happened to Cleo, the cursed child they had banished all those years ago. Oh, there you go, that's a story of Cleo. You know, karma keeps coming to mind. <laughs> with that one you know the people who banished her got their comeuppance uh, but I think it's a story where everybody did something wrong everybody did something wrong and uh, much like us all you know people in general we make mistakes we try to fix it 
Sometimes the fix works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> In the end, though, I think everything balances out, right? As a people, as a world. <sighs> Gradually improving, we hope, we hope. Yeah, we just need the right people in charge. <laughs> All right. Hey, have a beautiful day. Uh, if you haven't joined the fireside, then drop around to www.tinaconstant.com. That is constant with a K. And uh, I'd love to see you there. All right. Have a splendid, glorious, beautiful, wonderful day. And hug someone you love and say hello to a stranger. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Have fun. Bye-bye now.